The only podcast that's in 256 color VGA graphics. You're now listening to the exclamation mark. Welcome to the Exclamation Mark Podcast, the only podcast that's in 256 color VGA graphics. I am Crofton Steers, uh, one of the two hosts of this amazing podcast, and, and this is a historic episode of the Exclamation Mark, so I am going to cut all the little crap, cutesy crap that I normally do at the beginning. I'm just going to jump right into why... This is such a historic episode. It is a historic episode because we have prided ourselves on being at least one year behind with regards to playing games uh, and and where the rest of gaming society is. But this week, for the first time ever, in exclamation marks brief history, we have caught up at least for one week. We will be discussing uh, Uncharted 4, which, yes released this week and the overwatch beta which just closed this week Bo and i both participated in it and by saying his name i must summon him so without further ado ladies and gentlemen Bo schwartz hello i'm here too i'm also a part of this podcast thank you for introducing me one minute and 17 seconds into the whole affair well actually plus a minute for the all the sweet intro music that has laced your ears hi well, see, hi I, i've I feel, Bo, that just because of the historic nature, because we're going to be talking about Uncharted 4, because we're going to be talking about Overwatch, I feel like I need to tell people right away so they don't, you know, change the channel. Uh, so even though you are normally the carrot that I that I, I put in front of their donkey faces to make them stay Whoa. with the <laughs> with the show, in this case, I have we I have actual, you know, good good stuff to talk about so uh, listen donkeys it's like watching you wrestle with a bull because you try to you you keep saying compliments but then you keep accidentally making insults <laughs> like, that's how i live donkey faces. that's how i live they're donkey faces all right well um yeah I, i'm i'm all into what we're gonna do today uh there's gonna be no readme.txt so if you're someone who listened to the show only because there was a readme.txt i'm very that's sorry. the news you're going to have to join the dialogue tree club where occasionally there's no dialogue tree. Please come back and listen. All right. Yeah. And if you get your news from us, really, you should have second thoughts about your life. <laughs> well, just get your news from somewhere else. That's, you know, we talk about the news, but we don't necessarily deliver news, if that makes sense. Anyway. So so we're before we get into these two main events, Bo, I know there was something, there was a game that came out recently it's raised, uh, has had your attention for a while. Do you want to just drop some early thoughts? Well, I mean, I don't have much to say other than I'm super excited for Doom. I've been wanting to play Doom. I'm not playing it on launch. I mean, is anyone who's a regular listener surprised? I don't play games on launch very often. Um, and But the reviews, early reviews are coming in to say that this game is really good. And I'm positively stoked about that. I couldn't be happier because id Software... You know, people fondly think of their first-person shooters. And then over the past few years, with games like Rage and, and like, Quake 4 was all right. But um, what was the other one? They re- 
there have been some like weird Wolfenstein games. Like it's kind of been like we always want them to return to form. I'm hearing Doom is a pretty as close as possible return to form for a is modern a, version of the game. That other Wolfenstein game, the one that got all the good reviews that you played that I haven't yet had the chance yet, was that made by them? It was published by Bethesda, but it was made by a Croatian development team, if I'm not mistaken. It was not... This was outsourced to... And, okay. Yeah. Um, I can't remember the name of the company. They did a fantastic job of it, too. Like, that Wolfenstein, The New Order, I think it was, right? That's, yeah. yeah. The New Order was was about as good as a, a id game as we've gotten in the past, like, I don't know, since... If you count Doom 3, Doom 3, but not everyone counts Doom 3, so since like it's one of the best id games and i think doom is this new doom is shaping up to be that as well yeah i feel rage really hurt them i feel like it got a ton of hype a ton of attention cost a lot of money and and really didn't you know didn't make a lot of noise uh and and so now they're going to a beloved franchise and no offense to doom i know you're excited you're excited about doom and, and the early reviews are actually getting me excited but I, I was just like – one of the reasons I liked Doom so much as a kid is because there was really nothing else. Like game design was really bare bones back then. You know, you shoot VGA zombies in the face and <laughs> and then you slide back and forth and you can go upstairs. That was a big deal back then. Uh, but, but really um, it wasn't like I was looking for a game – in which you were playing in hell and all that. I'm not, I know a lot of people are into that sort of gothic style. I just, at the time, if you wanted a first person shooter, that was the game. Everybody played it. But now with all the options, it just the name Doom and, and being in hell and all that doesn't necessarily appeal to me as much um, as, as it would have previously. But the reviews, again, are saying they capture what made that game so cool, or that it seem, seems to be saying that anyway. So I'm hoping, uh, I'm hoping it's going to be fun. It looks like uh, it's also nice to see a shooter not take itself too seriously, you know? Well, I think the, the big thing about it is that it's, it, ha- it has that lack of lack, – it's, it's more bare bones on the narrative side, which just seems really cool. Like – like it's weird because we got to this point where you can have all kinds of stories and NPCs and assets and make it like a triple A. What we know now today is a triple A experience. So I think it's very hard for a company to just make a game that's like you just shoot things. You ju- it's going to look really cool, but you just shoot things and like you know it's hard not to want to hedge your bets and put like oh and we've got uh, I don't know Liam Neeson who narrates the voice of the thing and we've got you know this and we've got a great story. Come and play our game like. It's hard just to be like, imagine Assassin's Creed where there was no story in it. It was just like, yeah, you're in some renaissance village and you murder everybody with your knife. Have fun. Like, that game, a AAA studio would not want to invest in that game. You know, like... it is it is funny because you're you're right. It is like that with Doom, but at the same point, Doom. I think Half Life was the game that that sort of shifted everything with regards to first person shooters. And it's taken a really long time. When there's one of these jump forwards, it takes a really long time for people to realize that you don't have to. Just because this was a giant progression forward doesn't mean that you don't need to you need to throw away everything you did before it's like just because 3d exists doesn't mean 2d doesn't have to Mm. um and and like you see this with uh, first person shooters 
I think it was Halo that in- introduced the concept of like you get shot, you take damage, you hide behind something for a few seconds, and then your health recharges. Yeah, I think Pro- it was Halo. Prior to that, it was like you just like in the Doom time, like you take damage, it's damage. You need to get a med kit or something like that to heal up. Yeah. But but then at one point, all first person shooters decided, nope. You know what? Because Master Chief had a shield, it made narrative sense with how how that how that game played out. Yeah. But like Call of Duty, Battlefield, all those games are just like you know what? That's how it's going to be. Take a few bullets, hide behind a wall, your health comes back. You know, I mean, screw Gears med of War is like that too. Yeah, I mean, it, it's just people forgot or decided that this is the way things work now, and. Uh, and 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 the game the gamification or the game stuff that was introduced in Doom, like picking up med packs or in Wolfenstein 3D, I mean they, it's considered old hat. But in reality, my understanding is the new Doom you pick up med packs. I yeah. think that's how it works. Yeah, but um, the med packs, notably the med packs, drop off of monsters and not uh, like you can find them throughout the world, but there's less of an emphasis on med pack hunting it's more killing is the best way to heal yourself uh, <laughs> which is what i've heard so which makes sense it's what you want to be doing primarily in that game is be a uh, you know a um, reaper Bad- of hell badass killing machine yeah. speaking of badass killing machines uh we're skipping readme.txt but that doesn't mean we don't uh we skip all our bumpers for the day we're going to play the bumper for games per minute and talk about the games we are playing right now you're always talking about making kids minds like vegetables talk about them out on the street smoking pot this is games per minute how do you feel about cutting his head off yeah well uh, oh that sounds like an execution from doom right there yeah might, they might have been playing doom that's how old that clip was um, <laughs> yeah they yeah. probably on drugs playing doom that's the worst um so let's let's dive right into this, uh, Bo. Uh, Bo was generous enough to share with me his Overwatch beta key. Uh, we we've talked about Overwatch on and off on this show, but it was one mostly a one sided conversation. I would ask Bo questions. He would sort of describe the concept of the game. That you know what's good about it, what is is not good about it, and that sort of thing. Uh, but now I I have had the chance to play it, and I put in a good amount of time in the beta that that just closed last week, um, and uh, and I'll be honest, it has made me much more interested in the game than it than I was previous previously. Uh, so thank you, Bo, for sharing that uh, sure. sharing that beta key. And um, yeah, so I just wanted to have a, a little chat with you to to. to uh, about uh, about Overwatch and so you have put in like you are an early beta person. You've been in this thing for about as long as somebody can be in it. Now the game is going to be coming out. It's going to cost not as much as at least on PC, not as much as most games. It's going to be like a sixty buck in Canada purchase, I think, but it's still expensive. Like it's sixty dollars. Um, are you going to be buying it? Uh, and, and are you going to be buying it day one, or are you going to be waiting to buy it? What's, what's oh, it's the... been pre-ordered for me. I and because this was of some, so I don't have a lot of disposable income at this point. But the great thing about some of these games is that people want, you know, they they're not games to be played by themselves. And so a few people right. got together. I specifically 
Scott Johnson and Vesa chipped in to buy me an early birthday present of Overwatch because they want me playing on their Overwatch team the day it launches. So that was very awesome. nice of both of them. And I'd like to th- I thank them already, but I'll thank them again for that. It was very nice. And so, yeah, I'll be playing launch day. <laughs> I so it. it's that, funny. That's how I, I got the key to give to you. I had the extra key for that. Oh, I see. Okay. And I'm, I'm, I am thinking about like getting in fairly early as well. While that, I, although I do feel that there's going to be an active community and that sort of thing, I feel like um, I was getting into the habit of having it as my kind of uh, Rocket League replacement. No, not that there's anything wrong with Rocket League. I've just put in a lot of time in that game, and I like having a game that's like a multiplayer, sort of easy to to go in, doesn't frustrate you too much. Yeah. Type type game and Overwatch was kind of fitting the bill for, for me there, um, so I actually enjoyed it more than I thought. And for those of you who are sort of have been hearing about like Overwatch, Battleborn, all these types of games, the 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 nuts and bolts of it, and I've heard Overwatch described this way, and I think that it's a fair way to describe it. It's sort of like Street Fighter for first person shooters. Yeah. So like. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's even even down to everything from art style and characters. So they have like these, I guess like each map is like kind of a country, and and all the characters are like sci-fi fantasy fused characters with ethnicities and stuff, but almost in a cartoonish way, much in the same way Street Fighter was like where you had like um, Blanca from Brazil or Ryu from Japan. You know, it's it's the same sort of deal. Uh, in in that way, and that the art and the styling is all really cool. Um, not like the the most crazy technical graphics, but again, good graphics, good art, art, um, and, uh, and 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 neat little voice clips and all that. In terms of story, I know that there is a story, but for me, it's just. I mean, not only have, do I not know what it is, it seems borderline. Have you watched any of the movies ago. though? Because they're really no. good. They're really good Blizzard quality stuff. Likely they'll be in the game at some point. That's what I imagine. No, I haven't watched them. That's a, it, but I haven't been incited to watch them either. And when they're in the game, like when I boot up the retail version and it opens with one of those big Blizzard cinematics, like for sure I will watch that and I will be into watching it. But like I really don't I, – I, there's nothing – They're really good. I, like not, not to say – you don't have to watch them if you don't want to, but they are really good. They've oh, had, like they've had one, they've had two so far. One with Winston, which was okay. It was okay. It was on the shorter side. Winston and Reaper. And they had a really good one with Tracer and Widowmaker. And now there's one with Hanzo and Genji coming out tomorrow. Well, it'll be out May sixteenth. Are so. they are they just sort of choreographed action sequences? Or are they like story? They're building. mostly them fighting because that's the cool. Like they're like it's like a kid show. Like they're fighting and there's a bit of narrative and exposition going on during them. But the you know the cartoons are good and they're making a big deal about showing all this stuff at a movie theater. I think once they've all launched, select theaters in the states will actually have an event where you can go and watch them in the movie theater. I don't think it's going to make it to Canada, but um, yeah. Well, and I yeah I could see them even. Prior to the Warcraft movie or something like that, doing just something along those lines. Look, here's here's the thing with with regards to Blizzard games in story and lore. Like a lot of them, like Diablo in particular, 
Star Starcraft as well. Starcraft is the only one I've really gotten into kind of the story, and that was the original Starcraft. Um, but but I just I've never really bought in as much. It's it's be much more about the gameplay to me in, in in Blizzard games. And Overwatch is is sort of the epitome of that. And you know you launch, you got the menu. It's like quick find match, and then it's like you're thrown in with all these crazy characters that are just like that have different skills. And, and and that fight each other, and e- each character has a skill that is generally the left the left mouse button, the right mouse button, maybe um, your left shift, and uh, may- there might be another like a movement skill. Am I missing one, Bo? Well, there's is a there Q as a... your ultimate, right? Oh, Q, and that's right. And, and you have an an ultimate you have a left which... shift. You have an E and a Q, and sometimes you have an extra button or two, depending who you so, are. The ultimate concept is that if you, while you're doing damage, like you build up your ultimate meter, it's a percentage right now. And uh, even if you're not doing anything, it's slowly built. So everyone will have a chance to use their ultimate. Some of them, I think, build faster than others and that. And they, they all do different things. And so when you're choosing a character, they're divided into to four different categories to help you support, tank, damage. What's the last one? Defense? Support, I don't know. Support, tank, damage. Specialist, specialist. So and and, and uh, it's it's cool to uh, like. It doesn't mean that when you're taking a specialist or a or a, a tank that they can't do damage, and and often they do intense damage in the case of some of the the tanks. But they're just you know they're limited in in, in certain ways. You you there's. Uh, obviously, a ton of work that's gone into keeping it balanced because they're not—they're not all the same, right? And like you—you you feel every once in a while, oh, this this guy, for instance, Bo. I—I've noticed, and I asked you guys when I was playing with you about this because you every time there was somebody playing, um, what's the—is it uh, the guy who turns into the turret? Bastion. What's, yeah. Whenever there's a bastion on the field people are chattering about him being like oh there's a bastion i would say i don't want to say 50 percent of the games but close to 50 percent the play of the game was a bastion turret just mowing down a bunch of people for me it feels like he's the he's the guy that's i maybe it's just the facility in which you use him but he's uh uh for for whatever reason he feels he felt to me like slightly higher power when i would use him i would do much better than when i used an uh, a lot of other characters um so and i think it's up to blizzard to to constantly balance these guys and if they eventually start introducing new heroes like cards in hearthstone it's going to be real hard to keep that thing balanced right i guess so there's still a lot that's unknown about this game i think it's crazy that for example you can change your character at any time and you can have multiples of all the characters in the game like well, you can't change your character at any time. You can only change in a designated area, right? Right, but even in the middle of a match. Like, matches aren't more than five to ten minutes. And it's like, you can change it to counter things. But you can't... And if someone has taken a tracer and you want to take a tracer, well, you can take a tracer too. Like, there's a, it's a lot of weirdness to that because it's a game of unique characters and not of classes. So you think of Call of Duty, you can probably pick classes. Like, I'm going to be a sniper. I'm going to take an assault kit or whatever. But you're never... 
the same character. So it's really weird when you're playing, like, didn't we play all Tracers at one point or something like that? Yeah. And for those of you who've not tried it, Tracer is sort of, I don't want to see the poster character, but one, one of the them. Ambassador. Like a, she's one of she's, the ambassadors. Yeah, yeah well-known well known character. And her, her ability, essentially, she does very light damage, but she can teleport. And uh, it, I, I mentioned when playing with Bo that she has some of the best examples of time travel power used in multiplayer gaming I've ever seen. One of her uh, special abilities, which recharges like every 15 or something seconds, is to rewind time for her personally. And if you took damage, you will that damage will be undone. So if you hit it at the right time, you can just, you know, you turn around a corner, there's three guys there, they all start shooting you. Oh my God, you're about to die. You rewind time and you'll just disappear and and zoom back around that corner and into them. It's like you just vanished. Really cool stuff. Plus, she teleports around really quickly, um, but she doesn't do a ton of damage. So, I mean, that that's the compromise, right? And uh, But she was – I found she was a character that was really fun to play. And sometimes you get into a game like this and you end up playing a character that is super fun – but maybe maybe not the best character to help your team at a given time because, like Bo said, you probably the the best way to play it or the most effective way to play it is to change and adapt to whatever the situation is in the battlefield. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of, I mean, there's a lot of playing. You got to play counters in that game. Like there are characters that are good against that bastion, but a lot of times people don't want to change off the character they're having fun playing. So I know Genji's pretty good and Hanzo and uh, 76 is actually good, really good against Bastion if you can get a Reinhardt shield in front of him or something like that. Because um, well, precision weaponry is really good at taking out sort of stationary targets. Well, the, the, what's interesting too when you play Overwatch is if you look at the characters when you choose them, there's, there's sort of Blizzard gives you a th- one to three star difficulty of use. And I thought that was really good as a beginner player. So I came in and I said, okay, this guy is a uh, – I looked at the ninja guy and he's like, oh, three-star difficulty or something to use him. I said, you know what? I'm not going to I'm not gonna start with this guy. And then I went over and I took this giant dude, uh, Reinhardt, with a, a, a giant hammer. <laughs> and he's – what was awesome was I immediately felt somewhat valuable because he has a big shield and you hold it up with the right uh, – mouse button and as Bo said like characters can be behind it and they're they're defended and I it was very simple to understand how to use and you didn't have to worry about dying to one headshot like you do in a lot of first person shooters so for learning the ropes for me it was really helpful and there's other one star characters as well and then eventually you progress up to a two star Uh, I've tried playing as that ninja guy and I just get absolutely pizzoned but when I see people playing him they just ream me uh, often because uh, he's so, he's so uh, they're good though. He's so, they're, I love they're really Genji good. Guy. He's uh, I love well, Genji. Bo, Bo, for instance, is really good with the guy who's ripped off from Red Dead Redemption. I forget what his name oh, is. McCree. Uh, McCree. McCree. He's essentially just going to dispense itself. <laughs> yeah, it, and Bo was uh, like he has a very powerful. Um, ultimate but like his regular abilities is essentially he's like got a six shooter and he can roll around like in which he reloads his six shooter and he has a flashbang bomb uh but he he doesn't you know aside there's nothing really flashy pun intended about him 
Um, and uh, except his ultimate is 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 pretty powerful. Bo, you want to explain it? Because I'm. Oh I, well, it's yeah. the. I feel like I haven't played Red Dead Redemption in a while, but there was that point where you can mark all the people to kill them. Yeah. So this automatically marks everyone, and you just there's just a countdown. So you have to have them in your sights. I think the more HP they have, the longer they have to be in your sights. And what? But once they're in your sights long enough that you make a skull, as long as you don't break line of sight, it's a one shot kill. Yeah. So you can get in situations where there's five of them in your sights, and you get five skulls, and like bang, 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 and you get all the kills. It's real good. Does that? Does that like just? On a personal curiosity, if you only have two bullets in your gun, like do they give you full bullets when I, you activate you it, or do you have to reload before you use it? I think you get full bullets, but you it could it could be the case. I have. Yeah, I'm really pretty sure it. what happened to me was that I would always have like one bullet left, I, and then I'd use it. And the then the thing is with McCree, I barely ever shoot one bullet at a time because his right mouse click is fan the hammer, where he just yeah. shoots all six bullets at once. So I play him as though he's like wielding a shotgun. I don't try to get very many long range kills. I hide in corners, you know, I wall hug, and then I flashbang people, unload my fan the hammer, do a barrel roll that refills. Because while you're barrel rolling, you re- reload your ammo and then fire another six shots. And if the first six shots didn't kill him, the second usually does. And that's all I do. So usually if, there's six bullets in my gun is what I'm trying to say. And if you're lost right now, uh, that's, that's because uh, each character in this game has like essentially – a way of a way of playing it, but but even if you don't know what you're doing, you'll you'll generally survive okay. Like you don't die constantly, constantly, constantly like you do in a lot of these first person shooters. Yeah. And, and I feel like part of the reason that this game may succeed because there's been a lot of failures on the on the front of not having a multi, a single player campaign like evolve star wars battlefront not necessarily a failure but like the idea that everybody wants a single player campaign in this case it's again it's a multiplayer campaign only a multiplayer game only it's coming out on consoles console gamers are used to having a campaign i know some people are being critical of this and I think the trick for Blizzard here is going to be coming out at a lower price point, which is what I think that they're doing. But if they try and sell this for seventy or eighty dollars, oh, this I is think a thirty nine ninety nine American retail price on, point for the regular game on 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 console. Yeah, I think it's I think oh, it's no, more what? expensive on console. Really? Yeah. Let, let's let's figure this I, out. I, right I, can, now. I, can, I can see it being more expensive because they've got to pay YouTube or not YouTube, Nintendo or PlayStation. Like you know, there's a cut being taken, and the physical box price. Well, it's not. It's not. I don't think they have a physical version on on PS4. I think you only digital oh, download. Online. Oh, it's online only. Yeah, yeah. It's it's so it's sixty US dollars. Oh, so yeah. that fifty nine ninety nine. Plus, that's the Origins the, edition, though. That's with extra. Co- oh, you know what? The forty dollar price point is actually only oh, yeah. available to PC people. I just remembered, only available to PC and only if you buy direct from Blizzard. Otherwise, you are paying sixty dollars. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, so yes, it's a sixty dollar game, which is expensive for a multiplayer only game. That's expensive. Is it? Is it sixty dollars though? Um, we're talking sixty American. Yeah. So this is going to be another seventy nine or dollar canadian game yeah roughly it's, that let me check yeah. and and here's the thing is like i've put over 100 hours in rocket league which is well more than i've put in a lot of games that that i've paid well more i paid 20 bucks for rocket league and there's a lot of games at 80 dollars 
that that I have not put in near that amount of time. I guarantee Overwatch is one of those games you put in hours and hours and hours. I put in a ton of time, but yet I still have a problem paying that amount of money for it because it is it, it, at its core a very simple multi you know multiplayer only game and um and i so for me i would go with the blizzard direct to direct purchase and i feel that that price point is fair but if that wasn't available i might not buy it or i'd wait until a sale yeah, happens the console game is 80 dollars american for i'm just checking it out now you want to buy it for Oh my god! Consoles, yeah. Uh, it's and I, so I, I, now that I recall, we talked about this. I recall seeing on Facebook a couple of people who played it on uh, the beta on uh, PS4. And I remember my uh, a friend I used to work with at Ubisoft said, um, said, you know, yeah, this is a. He's like, Overwatch is pretty awesome. He's like, but it's not eighty dollars awesome. And um, and I think that that's going to be, a, you know, in terms of console success, that's going to be tough. Uh, to overcome, I think it's going to primarily be a PC game, um, and we'll uh, we'll we'll see we'll see what happens. But I I think it's a good game I, I, for sure, and uh, I'm going to be I'm going to be playing it again. I don't know if I'll be shelling out at launch uh, because mm. I know Bo will play it whenever because yeah. Bo's like that. Well, I have it uh, now. I go on it. Why wouldn't I? Play no, it but I mean, now? like you you could drift back to other games and stuff. But if That's I said, fun. "Hey, Bo, I'm playing Overwatch," I feel like you'd be like, "Oh, yeah, I'm okay. interested in it." Although, like, I've had to like actually consciously step away from Overwatch during beta because I always get the sense that I'm playing it too much. If that makes sense, like at the expense of other games that I also need to play. It's weird. Like, I want to be playing more Rocket League, but it's just there's only so much time for games. So. The the thing too about um, Overwatch, and you've mentioned this before, and I totally felt it while playing the game, is that there are just there are too few modes, uh, and I know that that's something that they will address in the future. Like, but right now there is essentially, I don't even think there's a deathmatch mode. There's, no, no, there's literally quick play, and then there's versus AI and, and training stuff, and then there's a brawl, which is like a weird custom rule set that is kind of no, only I, fun for a few games, but that's it. And there'll be there's a competitive those aren't, version the, of quick the, play. Those aren't the game mode. Oh, the, you're talking are... about there, there's, there's payload, which is escort the payload. Right. There's capture, there's um, control point. So I guess that's right. like King of the Hill, kind of. And that's kind of it, I think. Is that, is that it? There's I think that's pay... it. Yeah. Like, like yeah. Like I can't so, think of anything else. Yeah, like, see, that's it for for me. I just felt that there wasn't a, there there wasn't enough there in terms of modes to the point that I didn't even play it that long in beta, and I was like, okay, you know, the the the, the appeal is changing characters, and there's a lot of characters, and I had not even played all the characters by the time the beta was over yeah. um, because I wanted to get you know somewhat good with some characters, but. Uh, Aside from that, what you're doing in each game, it's always the same. It's like uh, it's like you're protecting a point, you're going, moving a car, which is essentially a movable point to another point. Um, I, and, I, and I know that, that there's a lot that goes into these games, and I think Blizzard is making the right call by keeping it focused and then expanding. And I think that's what they, they did with Hearthstone um, and with other games. It's like you release a game – you limit it in scope and then you expand it as as people are playing it and that. I think that's what they're going to do. 
Um, I just I could see myself getting sick of those objectives at a certain point. Although you know, Rocket League, all it is same game, yeah. score on the goal, and I keep coming back. So I say that, but maybe you know what? Maybe when the rubber hits the road, I just there, keep playing. There it. is something to simplicity with a lot of these games where resisting the temptation to have fifty billion game modes is actually to its benefit. You know, but but I think specifically with Overwatch is that. It's it, there's there isn't a strategic depth I think to it right now, and I think I kind of crave it, or it's just kind of more my taste. Not necessarily maybe it's good for the health of Overwatch, but not for me. So I found I'm a little bit like okay, escorting another payload. Like this is I don't want to do this anymore, so I'm going to change games. So that's a concern I think. What's who's your favorite character? Um, mm, my to play favorite character to play. Like if you have your way, who? Who who would you play? It's tough. I, I, I think they've done a good job in, in making them all have me have a desire to play all of them mostly, but I guess it's it's mostly Genji. The I'm better guy? with McCree, but the ninja guy is by far the coolest guy. Yeah, he's he seems sure cool. he seems to have like again he's he's a uh, character with a lot of it feels like a lot of depth. I don't really know how to play him as well. For me, it's it's no question let Tracer me, let, is my favorite. Yeah, let me say this: when you when Widowmaker. Lines up a shot, and you're standing there as Genji, and you hear the shot go, and you push the deflection button, and the de- deflect the bullet back into her head and get a headshot kill by deflecting her sniper bullet. That is the best feeling on planet Earth. It's so cool. Yeah, it's yeah, the I coolest can see thing. That, like, yeah. That's why I like that character. It has the highest high moments, if you will, even though they're hard to do and rare. It's like... Another pet peeve I have with Overwatch is, and we've talked about this mode before, you've explained it yeah. to people, the play of the game... Uh, and uh, it, it's really it's really cool, and honestly, I ca- almost care more about the play of the game than who actually won the game. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. it, you know, I've, when I do something, I'm like, oh, that might have been the play of the game. Um, I get I get uh, fairly excited, but but then as time went on, I realized that that whatever they they use to process what is the play of the game is is extremely simplistic in that it really just processes. Amounts of kills or damage done in a short period of time, and uh, that's it. So, if for instance, like I I play as Tracer, and Tracer often um, her ultimate is that she can put essentially a timed explosive on on something, and uh, and I have before teleported through enemy lines, put the explosive on essentially the bastion or whatever teleported out or rewound time out or done whatever bastion has exploded and it has literally changed the entire complexion of a match in which we were about to lose and instead we won so in my mind that should be in consideration for something like play the game but it's not because it's one kill and and uh it's not a bunch of it's not a bunch of kills meanwhile the play of the game is that bastion i just killed mowing down like five of our our guys coming around a corner which you know fair enough but but they didn't win we won you know and it was due to me doing that sort of thing and i think stuff like healing uh, somebody coming in and resurrecting everybody um which is an ultimate of another character uh at the 11th hour and saving the day like these things should be much more heavily weighted than they are in terms of being considered play of the game. Um, That's my yeah. opinion. They are in there though. Some of the not the not the one you described. I think that one's hard to do, but the you can get a res one. And I know you actually you can get a play of the game for shutting down another ultimate. 
So I know as a reaper, I shut down another reaper's reaping. And I got replay of the game. <laughs> that makes it, you can get a Did you shut it down by yeah. doing a reaping? No, I shot him in the head with a shotgun. Yeah. I went, I don't like you. Bam, bam. The way he, reaper, you know, reaper's such a salty character. I hate yeah, kids. I, I feel like... Um... Yeah, uh, maybe you know, maybe it's maybe their metric is more, or, or the the way they measure these plays of the game are more detailed than I You're think. You're more but... likely to get it as best than anyone else. I agree, just because of the time to kill is so short. With you know, if they're coming around that corner and you just mow them all down. Yeah, you're like, gonna. It's like, oh, but almost, I will good. say because I'm not a great player, almost a, I would say ninety percent of my plays of the game when I've gotten them have been as Bastion. I think I've gotten some as Reinhardt as well. But uh, but never is Tracer, who is my favorite character to play, and I've done some pretty cool shit as Tracer. But she's, it, I just see her as being very difficult unless you lay that mine down in a situation that in which you're going to take out a bunch of guys at once, which is sometimes difficult because it's a very small blast area. Then then her little guns aren't going to get you play of the game, probably. Yeah. You know, so that's why I play McCree because the only person who can out DPS Bastion is McCree. One yeah, shotting yeah, everybody sure. is like a guaranteed play of the game all the time. I'm always hunting that play of the game with McCree. <laughs> so, Bo, before we move off of Overwatch, I want to give you any sort of final thoughts on it as well as anything else you're playing right now because I'm about to go on a huge other rant. All right, let's start uh, your huge other rant. But I will say one thing. I'm starting to play the Banner Saga 2, which as everyone who listens to this show knows, I love Banner Saga 1. So there'll be more to say as I play more of this, but I'm really excited to get into this game. Oh, so that's I played have it you started bit. it yet? Yeah, I played a little bit of it already, and um, it's it continues picks up right where the first one leaves off. So I'm almost finding I'm like, damn it, I need to play the first one again. I forget like these narrative threads. Like, okay, so at the it end of makes, the first one, makes me want to play the first one. At the end of the first one, important characters like die like. Permanent and, and like side character, like there's permadeath for like your side characters too in this game. Yeah, but something big really ha- I forgot about happens at the be- at the end of one, which affects basically who you play as in two, which was like, oh god damn it, that's annoying. I really want to re-experience this because because I, I got to playing one of those people for a reason, and you know it has the whole thing of if you don't have a previous save, that's fine. Just pick who you want to play. And I hated that because I was like, no, no, I want to play the... Ah, but I didn't have my save game. And, well, anyways. So that was the only kind of poopy thing. Otherwise, it's it's every bit as good as the first one. So I'm just looking to get back into it because I forget how all this stuff goes. Like, all, like it's it really jumps you right in with all of your abilities right from the first game. You don't start fresh with fresh do you abilities. Import, do you import your characters? You can import your game if you have it. I just don't have mine. So they give you, like, you're a level 5 dude and you have all the abilities you earned from the f- that you would sort of typically have at that point, which are kind of complex So because they really ease you into it in the first one. So there's a little bit of that, and I'm trying to remember how to play the game properly. But, uh, yeah, apart from that, it's it's super beautiful. Music's super gorgeous. Does, does um... I have a question that's going to segue into what I'm playing, mm-hmm. as I mentioned off the top. How many? Because this is a game that you're playing that's a sequel to another game that has characters and, and, and story arcs that that continue from the previous game. 
How many games or are there big games in your life that you can think of where you've seen characters evolve from game to game or a character that you have been invested in in one game that is that is now in another game? Like because I think of when we were kids, like especially the Final Fantasies were big on character development, but they didn't have sequels. You'd start with a whole new set of characters in the next game. What are are there games that you can think of? And the Banner Saga is obviously one, but that that uh, that you played where you've been invested, like in a story or whatever, that continued in a in a in a following game or a sequel or something. Not very many. I mean, you mean like older games? Because like I think of the Bioware, like Mass Effect has been one. But there's... yeah, Mass Effect. Mass... Mass Effect is a good example. Yeah. Um, That's a really good example because those characters, you know. The emotional impact that that Mass Effect Three has, and the reason why some people were pissed with the ending or whatever, but like also the whole voyage of Mass Effect Three is like is based on re- relationships that you've developed with these characters throughout three games. You know, yeah. like you know Re- Rex. When you see Rex, you're like, "Oh, Rex, you son of a bitch!" You know, uh, or or if you see Garrus, you have these. You have this history and you have these these cutscenes, especially near the end or, or conversations with them where you're wrapping up sort of your your personal relationship with these characters. Some of them are – you can even have romantic relationships with them. Um, that's, a, that's a good example. The reason I bring it up is because I am playing Uncharted 4, as I mentioned off the top. I would like to thank my mother for buying it for me for my birthday. <laughs> thanks. Thanks, um, John, as well. But it's uh, – it's, it, the reviews have come in over the past couple of weeks. Uh, they range a little bit, but they're, they range from high to super high. Um, and uh, I think it's got a 94 on Metacritic right now and this sort of thing. Yeah. Um, it, and look, I'm going to say some stuff and it's going to sound like I'm shitting on the game. And I, I, if I were to review it right now and bear in mind, I'm possibly a third through it. Um, I would I would probably give it like ninety five or ninety four what like I I think that it's, good it's it, it's a good it's a great great game however I am gonna I'm gonna harp on some of the things and and one of the reasons I think that it's such a great game is the story is super good it's as good as Uncharted has always ever been and Uncharted has always been really good on story but one of the reasons it's so good is because it carries forward this investment that we have in these characters from previous games right. so. Especially uh, in Nate, the main character, and Sully, his his crotchety old sidekick, and uh, and uh, you know his now wife uh, Elena. I remember when I first played the first Uncharted, I thought that Nathan Drake was going to have a new girlfriend every every Uncharted game, like um, James Bond or something. You know, a new Uncharted girl. But no, that's not at all the case. It is he's had a, de- a relationship that's developed, and and uh, you know he's now married in this game, and um, it is huh. it is funny because because uh, it makes you easily able to slip in and be invested right away, and so that's that's a positive. And everybody's talked about the graphics of this game. I think the graphics are amazing. They're really good graphics. However. They're not as good as everybody says. Okay, like people oh, are like because really? oh. I'm hearing nothing but like oh my god, Uncharted Four. Ah. Like I'm hearing that it's good. Yeah, the graphics. You mean? Yeah, the graphics. Yeah, I'm talking about the gra- like the graphics are as 
good as as like the best thing ever, like the best yeah. graphics ever. And and look, you could make an argument for that. I expected when I saw them for my eyes to be like, oh my god, I cannot believe how amazing the graphics are. And maybe it's the limitations of my TV quality. Maybe whatever. Maybe it's because I'm used to playing in higher resolutions on on a computer. Maybe. I think the real offender is The Witcher 3 because The Witcher 3 has similar quality graphics, if not better in many mm. ways, and and has a giant open environment. And this is on – remember, I played The Witcher 3 on PS4. Now, I, I, the, the, the Uncharted facial animation is just absolutely out of this world. It's very, very good. But like um, – a lot of people were saying, just look at the the landscapes and stuff like that. And, and and I just got to an area where it's much more impressive than it had been previously. Okay. Um, but some of the previous areas, I, I would look and I'd be like, yeah, this is a skybox. I know how they've done this. It's not uh, – and it's not so – you know, it's not crazy. Like it's not enough to, to push me – to blind me to any sort of faults of of the game, and and the faults of the game are, are, are fall back into faults of previous Uncharted games, like except almost more so. Number one, Nathan Nathan Drake is a homicidal maniac, and uh, they they um, they don't at all address that. The idea that so the uh, at least they haven't yet. The idea that this guy, the game is rated T for teen, and right. the idea that this guy is like a nice guy by all accounts. Really, mm-hmm. everybody likes him. He just seems like a good guy trying to do do good, all this sort of stuff. And then, yeah, he kills these guys in self-defense. But at one point, it's like you can go into the stat screen and see how many guys he kills. It's like 800 guys or whatever. It just becomes – and when you – out of all the Uncharted, like he he would be the big he would be the human being who killed the most humans in history. Like individual <laughs> individually. If right. you take away dropping a bomb like the A bomb, even then I don't know. No, no, no. The A bomb is more. <laughs> but 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 it's but he's he's anyway, he's just he kills so many people. And that's like dissonant with with the character and the way, you know, the way that he is. I see I and, see what you're saying because because it's a video game, and in video games, you generally kill the monster stuff, right? Like that's this, that's where you're being asked to suspend your disbelief. In that, yeah, and, like, and they do such a good job of writing, building this character in the cutscenes, and building the relationship with all the other characters, and making you believe that he is a human being. And there is no company better than Naughty Dog at doing that. And having played The Last of Us recently, I or I cannot help but compare uncharted to the last of us and it's it it compares i feel unfavorably uh, unfavorably in many ways and um i know that there are different types of games like different genres and i know that i'm not done uncharted for and i also know that but i also know there's some critics that have have in their reviews said that uncharted 4 is the big leap forward in game design is is as big a leap forward in game design as like uncharted 2 was in some other landmark games where i would i would strongly disagree and say that this is just an enhanced version thus far of what was done in uncharted 2 it's clearly better than uncharted 3 which was a little bit of a me too game mm-hmm. but um but it's not it's not uh it's still like 
all the tropes are there. And I was telling my wife about some of these tropes. Here, I'll, I'll give you an example, Bo, and this doesn't spoil anything. And it definitely doesn't spoil anything from anyone who's ever played an Uncharted game before. but uh, Or seen an Indiana Jones movie or anything like that. So there's points where your character is exploring, going through catacombs or whatever, solving puzzles left by 100-year-old pirates and this sort of thing, you know, like mm-hmm. – uh, mm-hmm. and and finally he's the only one. The villains have been looking to gain access to this place forever, but they can't solve these things and they don't know he's there and, of course, he solves them and then he gets to the end of the place that – and gets the next clue to the next part of the treasure because obviously it's like the Mario princesses in another castle. As soon as you get to the end, it's almost a running joke between the characters. The treasure is never there. They're like, oh, it's a clue to go to somewhere else, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, just when you get to that clue, the bad guys come in and, and uh, like a wall explodes and then they walk in. And when that happened, I was like, this has happened at least six times in Uncharted games that I can think <laughs> of. I ran them through in my head. It's like because they need the bad guys to figure out where you're going because it would make no sense for you to find this clue, go there, and the bad guys never be able to – then you'd have nobody to kill, right, in, yeah, from a gameplay yeah. standpoint. So they need the bad guys to be right behind you the whole time. So they always make it that you navigate these dungeons. And then just as you get to the end of the dungeon, oh, the bad guys arrive. And often you have to then exit the dungeon by fighting all the bad guys that weren't there on the way in. And um, that's a trope. And it's already come back in Uncharted 4. And I'm like, oh, like this, I, I wasn't rolling my eyes, but for a game that aspires to so much excellence as this game, and that's my big beef with it. It aspires to such a high level that when I see it miss or when I see it become like tropey, I have higher expectations for it than I did if I was playing Wolfenstein, for instance, you know. Right, right. Um, and also, it it is because it, it opens the scope a little bit. Like you can drive. There are certain areas that are bigger than than before. And they've added this new swinging mechanic where you throw your rope and, and you swing. Um, Sorry, I, I was thinking of a different kind of swinging. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah it's a leisure, leisure suit Larry you're thinking of. Um, yeah, this new so you throw the rope and you can now – in other games there were set ropes but you weren't able to carry it with you. Now you, you, you just throw it at key points. But like there's – it's kind of – I don't want to say buggy but I've, I've experienced some bugs and this is weird for a Naughty Dog game. Like I – these games are known to be like polished diamonds, you know, mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. for me to have these bugs happen, uh, both with the swinging, I've had like – a character that's supposed to be accompanying me on a mission suddenly disappear and then I go a little further and then suddenly he magically appears next to me. Like that's that's we- that's like unusual for a Naughty Dog game, an Uncharted game or anything like that. So uh, there have been disappointments, but the story is, is like I am just you – know, even though there's been a lot of filler, it's been slow to progress in certain areas and there's been a lot of like exploring and shooting and whatever – I'm just dying to get to the next part. Next part, oh, I just – I want to know what happens and I want to know what happens with these characters and I'm emotionally invested in the characters and the set pieces. Obviously, there's those big set pieces and they've been modest with regards to introducing them. They haven't gone crazy and I know some of the biggest set pieces are to come. Um, 
let's just say we're on our way to a volcano right now. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and one of the characters says to the other, like Nate says to Sully, he, he, he's like, hey, uh, this volcano isn't active, is it? It's at least like that was the first thing I checked before leaving. No, it, it is not active. It there it is being extinct or whatever. I don't know what happens with the volcano, Bo. I haven't got that far I'm yet. I'm pretty sure it's going to become active. I am going to tell you it will become active at, at one point. So so um, but but that said, like the game, the game is um is good. It's just like. I've read these reviews that are out of this world. And when I compare it to The Last of Us, The Last of Us just nails everything because tonally the game makes sense all the way through. Um, The gameplay supports the world that you exist in. Like you're fighting these horrific monsters or even other humans and it kind of makes sense. Like when you get shot, like – you need to you, you need to like sort of apply some sort of medicine you you've got to um you, you know like these monsters are are you kill them there's a reason why you kill them there's a reason why you kill other other humans or they're trying to kill you in in, in uncharted it just feels like there's so many ways they could get around not killing yeah. and and they just want they want it to be a third person shooter and uh, they want their character to be a super nice guy and, you know, but he still kills zillions and zillions of guys. And I know people have talked about that a lot, and I'm not saying that's the deal breaker. Mm. But it, it it just means to me that it can never reach the same heights that The Last of Us can, even though the story is very emotional. And, like, there's – I guarantee you there's going to be some uh, – Jesse and I are both trying to predict deaths, you know. Uh, is this character going to die or is this character going to die? They've said this is the last one. Um, and so, uh, how can it, can it really be the last one? If it sells like a ton, like, can it really be the last one? Well, I, I will point out that this one, and this is not a spoiler. This is in all the ads, all the news, Troy Baker plays Nathan Drake's brother and his character is, is amazing. And, and I mean that in, uh, not in a, um, cause it would be very easy to have him come in and do an over the top hammy performance. Uh, to to make his presence felt because he's not in the other games, but he doesn't. He just uh, like the performance and the character are just such that they're believable and you're invested in him, just like you're invested in Nathan Drake and all that sort of stuff. Now, my feeling is that that one like if Nathan Drake could die in this game, it's possible. I don't know. Uh, the game is called The Thief's End. It makes it sound like one of the somebody's going to die. Mm-hmm. Um, However, there's there's all there's like alternatives. Like it could just be that Nathan Drake retires at the end, which I think is possible as well. Um, but if he dies, if Nathan Drake dies, they've now introduced his brother, right? Oh, and so, I see. so if his brother dies, they could or whatever, which is also possible. They, you know, Nathan. That means Nathan Drake's still alive, so they could do sequels with Nate, with Nate again. I th- but but I my feeling is that they part of the the introduction of his brother is allows them to continue because they I, I guess share the same last name. Although I'm not sure about that. I think Nate might have taken on the Drake name, but um, that would allow them to continue with with his brother as the main character. Uh, in in future installments, I think there'll be other Uncharted's. I just don't know if Nathan Drake will be the main character. Hmm. Well, I don't know enough about the game to imagine who it could possibly be, but yeah, you know, I just feel so, like 
that's one of those weird things in games where it's like it's not like an auteur director being like you know what there's only gonna be one well you know what even george lucas said there's gonna be no more star wars and then guess what we got more star wars tons of star wars so if people like it they'll make more of it and uh, And, and, uncharted gotta be that way too and Uncharted 3 ended in a way that the, the series could have ended there, you know, and and um, it, and they took some of the themes of Uncharted 3 and they extrapolated them in a way. This is this this game is so far about like possibly the is heading towards possibly the worst situation of wife aggro I've ever seen uh, in, in my life, whereas he is um and again, this is early on, so there's no spoilers. He's constantly lying to his wife in a way that I could see not at all resolving in a good way. Um, I know that there's a good chance that the whole game will resolve in a good way, but part of me, more than the enemies uh, that you fight or the crumbling temples that you explore, the thing that's scaring me the most for Drake is is what's going to happen when his wife finds out that he's been lying this whole time or whatever. <laughs> so, uh, but 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 the idea is that he was he was having a normal life, safe normal life, and this is all in the marketing stuff, and he's getting pulled back into this world for for what is going to be the last time. Um, the, so so anyway, it it I'll have a lot more to say on the game because I, I I have a feeling that I will be done by the next time we record an EXM, but I have to say like, not that I'm disappointed. I'm super enjoying the game, but but the way the reviews are are so sterling, um, I feel like in, in, in a lot of them are saying front runner for game of the year and this sort of thing. And I think back again, and I I know people are probably getting sick of me and The Witcher. But I think back to The Witcher Three last year, and and I compare it, and it's it's apples to oranges in a certain ex, to a certain extent. But I just feel like that there's enough wrong with this game that it should not be in that conversation, or it could be in the conversation, but it shouldn't win. You know? Yeah. So you think Witcher Three has has accomplished more, basically? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. It's, it's hard. However, it's hard they, because their 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 goals are so different. Which are Uncharted always seemed to me like it's meant to be a, an experience, narrative experience kind of game. It is. And Witcher Three is meant to be like a an RPG or you know wet dream kind of like. I know. I know <clears> they're different. They're both narrative heavy, and they're both like there's they they are different games for sure. Uh, and uh, it's just the the. Um, the scope, uh, I feel there should be a bunch of Uncharted. Every year I feel like, and last year I was really excited about Arkham uh, Arkham Knight mm-hmm. uh, when it was released. And it was because I wanted that, I want that highly polished third-person action game that is essentially the equivalent of a, an action movie like Indiana Jones. Because I feel like video games can deliver those better than movies can these days. And that's, and I feel like, that there should be games like this that come out regularly throughout the year um, and not that you're waiting and waiting and waiting for the next Uncharted. Like there's Tomb Raider, there's Uncharted, and I mean there's pretty much nothing else. And uh, i just like to see the polish of the Naughty Dog third-person game, be it The Last of Us, be it Uncharted. I'd like to see other developers. I don't understand why other developers can't make games like them, can't have stories like them, can't have characters like them. It just doesn't make sense to me why they are so ahead of the curve. Because I am nitpicking 
Naughty Dog as compared to other Naughty Dog games. I'm not nitpicking them as compared to like like that Tomb Raider reboot game that I played recently, and I haven't played Rise of the Tomb Raider. I'm talking about the 2013 yeah, version. Yeah. It's like, I mean, there's no comparison. Uncharted 4 is way better, right? Like it, it's just um, – it it's just that I want it to be even better than it is. I guess is 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 where uh, is where I fall on it so far. Hmm. And maybe it will be. I feel like it's going to hit some crazy narrative beats. People say the ending is an amazing ending, and I feel like when I turn it off for the last time, I'll be like, "Wow, that was amazing." Hmm. But but um, I'm in in the middle, and so far I can see the seams. You know, so. That's oh, uh, you heard it here first. The only play Uncharted Four. Don't believe the hype. It's decent, but not as decent as people say. It's awesome, but not as awesome as people say. Yeah. Well, That's you know, it. hype plays not, a lot. It, That's the thing about Doom that worries me is that oh, it's actually kind of good, but are people overselling it just because it's not shit? So I well, don't it's know. It, Doom. It seems the reviews are coming in are like eight on ten, and eight in eight on ten. That that's a good that's a good review. But Uncharted is coming in at like there's a lot. If you go on Metacritic, there's a lot of ten on tens, one hundred. You know, perfect game, um, and and mm-hmm. I mean like there's a lot to love in Uncharted, honestly, so far. But it it there's there, it's not perfect. You know, it's not perfect, and and uh, that's I think. The, t- the takeaway for me that's a little bit uh, surprising if anything it's slightly less polished than previous uncharted although lo- looks looks really well uh, looks really nice um i read something about uncharted 3 at one point they said when making it and this was a, a something that i felt really reflected poorly on it was that they had different development teams working on different sections of the game and then they, they wrote a story or they 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 came up with all these ideas of cool things and then forced the story to find a way for Drake to go to those places, you know? So they built, they built the set, the concept of the set pieces and everything. They came, you know, before they, before they, they had the story of the game and they, they they made the story fit around those pieces. Mm -hmm. And, and, and when you know that and you play uncharted three, you really see it. And you're like, oh, you know what? This doesn't even – like why is yeah. he going here and then he's going here and then he's going here? It doesn't really make any sense. Um, they have like very thin storyline connected or like it's it's not a thin storyline but it, it – for Naughty Dog standards, it felt, it felt thin. Uncharted 4 is much better – at having a cohesive story feels much more like two in that regard. When, when you go somewhere, it is, it is, you understand why you're going there. And in many cases they've prefaced it many times they've mentioned it or whatever. And now you're going to that place. So it makes more sense. So there's a lot that there's a lot that they're doing better than three and four and four is for sure a better game. It's just not the perfect game. I wanted it to be Hmm. so far. Well, you'll have to give your final verdict once you finish it. Because you may look back and say, oh, those seams. doesn't matter. It was good because of what happened I feel, at the end. And that's why I had to say this now. Because I feel you're absolutely right, Bo. I feel like next time we do this, I sit down. I'm going to be just gushing. And I'll be like, oh, my God, it was so good. I can't believe it. Oh, Nathan Drake and Sully forever. Oh, BFF. So I love them. Um, but 
but because I have this sober moment now, I want I want to capture it because I think it's important and I think it's being lost in the reviews. Uh, and so I you know I wanted to, uh, wanted to say that if you have thoughts, if you're playing Uncharted and you finished it, you probably finished it. It's not a super long game, uh, but if you haven't and you're experiencing similar thoughts or you disagree, feel free, exmpodcast at gmail.com. Send us an email. We'd like to hear thoughts about Uncharted. Um, how, how does this four stack up to the previous ones? Has the series uh, jumped the shark? Do you think there should be an Uncharted 5? All those sort of questions. Again, exmpodcast at gmail.com. Bo, how much time do we have? Uh, we are uh, an hour into the show. <laughs> so that was just games we played, by the way. I'll just point that out. We haven't changed to a new section yet. <laughs> I, I mean, that's the meat and potatoes, that's, my friend. Yeah, that's say hey, this is what we're here to do: is to talk about the things we want to talk about, not the things people think we should talk about. So, which is but, why we were not going to talk about. Oh, I don't know, some other crappy game that might have got released, uh, like the Final Fantasy X Ten Two HD remaster that nobody cares about. Well, it's because it's come out on a bunch of stuff, but it's funny because I was looking at that the other day. I like Final Fantasy X. I feel like it probably hasn't aged well uh, in terms of not not in terms of like the graphical upgrade, but in terms of uh, my feelings for it. Like I'll play it and I'll be like, "Whoa, this is you know, kiddier than I thought." Especially after a game like Uncharted or The Last of Us. Um, so, Bo, we have a dialogue tree this week. And I feel bad for the poor dialogue tree. We've been saving the forest by not cutting down as many. But this t- this time we have one. Uh, and uh, let us get to it. Let's move to that one. Now that there is one fine dialogue tree. It's a fine looking dialogue tree. It's true. So I... For for those of you who don't know the dialogue tree, it's been so long. Bo and I discuss what's a topic related to video games that we'd like to converse about. We uh, discussed prior to the show, and then we announce it to you now. And that topic this week, and this took me forever to to, to sort of boil into uh, a sentence. We're talking <laughs> yeah, about it sure did <laughs> limited and but polished games such as, say, an Uncharted, versus bigger and buggy games, say, like a Bethesda game. Uh, <laughs> and and the, mer- the merits of both, what our favorites are, and, and, uh, and yeah, like, that's essentially it. I, I, these are the two sort of um, narrative-type games that draw me in often. Like, you'll have a game like The Witcher or Skyrim, Go anywhere. You get all these quests and all this sort of stuff, but your horse gets stuck in a mountain. You clip through a wall, and like you know, there's a limited amount of animation frames or whatever because of the scope of the game. Meanwhile, you've got games like Dead Space or Uncharted or like uh, that are that are much more narrow, narratively focused. You're playing through a story campaign. Um, you're limited in where you can go. You get a little bit of exploration room, but but really uh, you can't go too, too far off the beaten path. Uh, but they're super polished, not that many bugs. Um, you're, they, they may Because of that, they may be more immersive 
or it might be more immersive having more options. But which of those two types of games do you find yourself more drawn to? This is a, it's a, it's an interesting one because it, it's hard to grok whether you like one more over the other. I will say, I'll start by saying what I don't like, just because I feel like that'll sure. help isolate my taste now, which is I don't love Grand Theft Auto type games. So... What, what's a Grand Theft Auto? A crime so game? Like, like an open a, world an game? An open world game. Like, you know, and I've played them. Like Walking walking Dogs? What's that name? Watch Your Dogs? Watch Dogs. Watch Dogs. Walking Dogs. That's, <laughs> that's, different, that's, that's a different game. Poor, poor sequel. <laughs> it's just you walking a dog. <laughs> you walking your dog sitter. <laughs> they built it in, in a giant 3D city just so you could walk a virtual dog in it. Um, okay. Well, this might be actually a good idea for dog fans, but... No, I'm not a big fan of the Grand Theft Auto type games just because I I like the idea of open worldness, but at the same time, I don't know. Like Skyrim's good. I like exploring in Skyrim. I play World of Warcraft. That's a pretty wide open world. Uh, oh, this is real rough. I think. But, hmm. Here, hmm. I'll I'll buy you some time here. No, I just can't decide between the two. It's it's funny because you mentioned Grand Theft Auto because I think people would say Grand Theft Auto is one of the one of the reasons for its success and and I would point to The Witcher Three as well although a lot of people say it's buggy I I have never found that to be true but but Grand Theft Auto is the big open world game that also has that quality and and, and polish of these more controlled experiences uh, and that's why that's partially why. It's well well received. I generally me, it's the subject matter with Grand Theft Auto, even though I play them all. Yeah. Um, the yeah. crime stuff, I'm not I'm not super big on. But uh, but yeah, so for me, I find myself generally more att- attracted to open world, more possibility games. But I think back, and uh, I, I don't even know if you can rent games anymore. For a while, you could rent games and. Uh, and I go to Blockbuster yeah, or wherever. I think that's a thing and of the past now. That's crazy. It is pretty much like I think there's ways that you can get rent games, but I I don't know what they are. Um, and and part of the renting was that uh, you didn't want to rent something. You you wouldn't want to rent a game like Skyrim. Skyrim was like the worst possible game you could rent because or an Elder Scrolls game because you would just sort of you'd rent it on a Friday you'd have it for the weekend you, even if you had a lot of time to play over the weekend you would yeah. just be getting into it and then you know you'd have to you'd take it back and you'd be like forget this right yeah absolutely whereas whereas a game like Uncharted would be the exact game that you would want to rent for a weekend. Like you have a good chance of finishing the campaign. So um, it, it's it's like an action movie. It's really really fun in that regard. And so for a really long time, I had it when I was a student in particular. And sometimes I would just have a weekend and a. I had a huge appetite for those games. Games, and I had a limited budget, so I couldn't buy all these games. And it was before digital distribution. Mm-hmm. And I, I'd, I'd go into to Super Club Videotron in Montreal. Super Club Videotron. <laughs> it, it, and I would, I would rent, I would rent games. I remember renting Dead for Rights on the original Xbox, which okay. is like a Max Payne-ish game. I still have a soft spot for. Um, and uh, it, it it's like a perfect rental game. It's like super action, very controlled, like pretty polished, 
good voice acting, all that sort of stuff. And then, you know, you're in, you're out in like 10 hours, game over. You bring it back after the end of the weekend. You're like, that was a great weekend, you know, game done. So I have a real soft spot for those. But now where we are as a society with these games like uh, Fallout, Witcher 3, um, especially The Witcher 3, like it's really made me think I could have a lifestyle game almost. And you and I talked about this before, like a game where I could play for hours and hours, days and days, and just continuously enjoy it. And so now I feel like if I had to choose between one of the two, I'm willing to put up with some bugs to to get that to get that greater scope and greater experience. Yeah, I think I think that's the answer too. Like if as long as it's the right subject matter. Cuz here's here's a perfect okay, it's not the perfectest of example, but Dragon Age was an example of a type of game where the first one I really enjoyed playing it. In theory it was not open world. It was very much sort of module based like you go here and do this and go here and do this. But it had did have a feeling of openness to it. Whereas um, the sequel was very much all the level design was super linear, was super like, here's the door, there's the exit. And it was sort of like in the name of having a more narratively tighter story, which which wasn't as good. Now, that being said, we don't rent games anymore. So it's like, I still think there's a place for the casual game, but I feel like that's moved into Telltale Land. Like the ultimate curated on rails experience is like the walking dead games and like the last among us and probably um the game of thrones game that i'm looking forward to playing and the tales from the borderlands so i feel like there is a place for those games and that they're good i enjoy them but i guess i guess if i have to choose between the two types i want i want the best gaming experience possible so i'm willing to put up with some bugs as long as i don't know we're we're trying to reach for a really awesome game experience a lot of people will sh- shat on Fallout 4 last year based on – it was like they had reached that point with Bethesda where Bethesda released Skyrim, had tons of bugs. But people were like, it doesn't matter. you know, The lack of polish at Skyrim, the scope of what they're doing is so crazy that we don't mind that it has all these bugs. And that had become the Bethesda MO and then modders often would fix the bugs. And now yeah. – Fallout 4 comes out and it feels like they got a bunch of – got fairly good reviews. But people were like, why does this game – why is Bethesda cr- review proof in what they're doing? Whereas like if Uncharted or some other game came out with the amount of bugs that these games have, it would get crucified, right? Because essentially Bethesda is saying like here's in a massive scope. But you know what? It's going to have a, it's gonna have a ton of bugs. Yeah. Um, and and I think what the wit the Witcher and and Grand Theft Auto has shown is that you can it costs a lot of money, takes a lot of time, a lot of resources, but you can have a game that is polished, but is also hugely expansive. And uh, and and I mean, I'm not sure if we want to wait another. If Bethesda said, yeah, we could have done that for Fallout Four, mm-hmm. it would have taken us another year. Um, would people be like, yeah, that's fine, another year and a better game? Or would they say, oh, F that, you know, like, let's get it, let's get it now at the rate that, you know, the quality that it, that it was, that we're used to. Um, 
so for for me, I, I, I'm I'm hoping that games uh, focus more on quality uh, than quantity. I, I I understand they're really hard to make, but I still don't understand why you can't have a little bit of both. Why why can't there be more Uncharted's? Like why can't there be more companies putting out these games? Why do they take as long as as they take when they have a narrower scope than something like Fallout? You know, um, I guess one of the rough things is that like. So the the problem with games is that they have to succeed. Like like you I could easily imagine them saying, "Hey, you know what? We're going to start this new franchise. It's going to be based on, I don't know, what do people really really like right now?" What, game, game of thrones. thrones. All right. So it's going to be a Game of Thrones style game with espionage and duplicitousness and betrayal. It's going to be this amazing game, but we're going to want to do one every year. So the new thing about this game is that, like, people love this kind of stuff. We're going to have an eight-year plan. There's going to be eight games, and every year we're going to have a new one. The first one flops. Like, the, the, the point is the whole this whole plan, this whole idea of coming out with a consistent product uh, in, in intervals like you're talking about, is that, like, it, they, all of them have to do good. If one of them fails, then the franchise almost always dies. Sometimes yeah. they get a second chance, but if that second chance also flops, like they're just done. Like no one wants to put up the money necessary to, to make it. And it would be interesting to see someone committed to making a product, even if it failed in the first one, to just keep putting them out and and you know, in the long run, maybe having a good long term plan for making a fun game that had several entries that were shorter, more intense experiences like what you're talking about but more frequent where you didn't have to wait a super long time for your next installment uncharted it's just that uncharted one could have been like the worst thing in the world it's true that first one you're right before you get into having sequels and all that it it, it's a competitive market and you've got to succeed and you've got to you've got to come out of the gate swinging and and i think that um Studios are less likely to invest in AAA games, you know, as free to play and all this sort of shit becomes more and more common. So to say, I want a AAA, I want a a AAA game that's not buggy and polished and all that sort of stuff. I know I, I I'm reaching for the stars a little bit, uh, a little bit here. It's just it's just the the honest truth is when you compare these focused narrative experiences that are shorter. Mm-hmm. Um, that are charging $80 like Uncharted 4. Then then you got The Witcher 3 and these giant expansive experiences that are charging $80. Like that $80 for The Witcher is much better value than that $80 for Uncharted. That said, I still feel that Uncharted is worth the $80. It, maybe The Witcher is worth more. I it's it's you know it's hard it's hard to say i'm glad both types of games exist i honestly am because i told you the other like we were doing shows and i just kept we were doing games per minute and i was like still playing the witcher still playing the witcher still playing the witcher and then i stopped and i started what i forget what i started playing after it but it was like another game where oh, it was like um Expan- it was another expansive game it was it was a, rise of the tomb raider i think or no, no just, i'm, I'm or just oh, tomb raider I, I, anyway. No, Metal Gear Solid Five. Metal oh, Gear Metal Gear Solid Five. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. And it was like Metal Gear. I'm still playing Metal Gear Solid Five, and it's like huge. I dropped that game. It was so long, and there's so much filler, and there's such. It's so expansive, and all that sort of stuff. Like those, yeah. I felt that in between those games, I needed a palette clean cleanser 
I needed some games that were like n- not those games. And I played like Tales from the Borderlands since and and others that that would have that served those purpose. Uh, and when when I finish them, I'm just like, oh man, that that's all all killer, no filler. Um, and and getting back to sort of my criticism of Uncharted Four from earlier is I feel like I'm like a third of the way through Uncharted Four. I st- I feel there's filler, and mm. and there mm. shouldn't be. For me, it should be all killer because it's not that it's I know it's not going to be that long a game but Uncharted 4 is essentially a movie and stretching out a movie a two hour movie to like whatever 12 hour campaign you're just you're going to have filler that's just the way it's going to go right um so anyway it also depends like like it's weird that you you like The Witcher 3 and you probably did a lot of the side content you didn't like Metal Gear Solid as much that you dropped it and I did a lot of side content there too though because like that's the thing about these big games too is that when they're big and you like it (laughs) when you're big and you like it you want it to last forever (laughs) and and when you when when it's big and you not like it you kind of like it but don't like it. You don't want it to last forever. If that makes this is a real sex analogy, completely. Like no, but you, you're, you're absolutely right because like you you're want, like okay, finish, finish, please. I want Uncharted to keep going in in many ways, and I don't want it to be done because when it's done, like it's gonna be a long time before the next Uncharted, or, or if there ever will be, or the next AAA Naughty Dog experience is not gonna probably not come out for three or four years or. I forget when The Last of Us came out, but it's been a long time now. Uh, and and so you want these experiences to be milked. And the, the the Witcher 3, just absolutely huge. I did every Witcher contract. I did everything. I could not I, – I just did not want it to end. Like mm-hmm. honestly, I did not want it to end. And then fi- finally it did and I was like that I'm sated. That was great. And because of which I haven't finished the first expansion and the second one's coming out at the end of this month. Um and I'll, I'm sure I'll be. Blood and wine back. looks interesting. Yeah. Oh man, I'll be totally into that. Uh, but, but, but those that game was the one where I wanted to do everything. The example you gave. But Metal Gear was one where I felt like I had to do because you ha- you got to build up your base. You got to you got to get this gear. So I felt like I had to do these side quests. I didn't necessarily want to do them. I would like to go to the next campaign thing, but. It was like more side quests, more side quests, and it was. It felt like I. It felt like it was necessary for me to do it. It felt like filler, um, in in many ways, and and yeah, I I didn't I didn't like that as much. I will say, Metal Gear Solid Five, while an incomplete game in many ways, like it's missing big chunks, was very polished for yeah. the level of scope that it's offering. You know, so it, it was. Um, it, it it like the Grand Theft Auto and Witcher analogy. It 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 the reason the games like Witcher, Grand Theft Auto, and Metal Gear Solid Five are talked about at Game of the Year conversations so seriously is because they take that quality of presentation and, and buglessness of of like these Uncharted esque experiences, focused narrative experiences, Dead Space type style experiences. And they they ma- they they throw it into a huge open world, and that's really that's super ambitious, um, and and uh, I think that's my sweet spot. I love that stuff, but I also recognize those games are the ones that probably cost the mad bank 
to make, you know? So Yeah, yeah. And they are special because they cost a mad bank and cost a mad time. But I, I get that, hmm. I don't know. So if you had a choice between the two, what do you choose? What do you choose? I think i choose for the, the mad bank, take your time, make it awesome and not corridory, corridory type game. Even though, well, like, see, that's yeah. that's a third option that didn't exist when we started this conversation. Oh. When we started the conversation, the odd the options were focused and polished, or or huge, mm. ambitious. Yeah, like Overwatch, buggy. Overwatch is like focused and polished, right? It's, like it's, it totally is focused uh. and polished. That's what it is. Very mm. few features, very high level of polish. And I'll be honest, Blizzard tends to do focused and polished. They do. Um, they they like uh. And and that's why I I I think it would be interesting to do to look into the history of World of Warcraft because it is their obviously their biggest scope of a game uh, and, and and how with each expansion they kept it from becoming buggy or what have you I'm sure it would be very uh, interesting but um, but they 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 have been their, a company that is, generally their releases still even for that game are notoriously bug free like. There's still bugs in all of their games, but like they're on the light side. Like everything's usually functioning real good. And in Hearthstone, another example of a, a game very, like you said earlier, simple uh, game, but high high quality, like high production mm-hmm. and quality. And uh, that you know, there's there's something that there's something that really feels good when you sit down and you start an Uncharted game and. And everything from the menu, the music, the cinematography, the sound editing, everything like it, and you just or or you sit down and I know you played the Dead Space games. You know you you start in Dead Space one. You're like in the in in the spaceship or Bioshock for that matter. You're in a spaceship and, and you're you're approaching this this abandoned spaceship that's ginormous and you can just look and it. You can't go out in in and explore everywhere you know this universe exists but yeah. you, and, and you're only going to be able to participate in a sliver of it but it's still like it the polish surrounding it from the hud to the way everything's presented the map all that is is really really high because they're they have a limited scope a limited focus you know and so for me to answer the question of which of these two things do i prefer the answer is cop out central both of them mm-hmm. however if if you were going to tell me i could only have one of the two i would prefer to have the big and buggy just because i mean if I want the most gameplay time possible, you know, as opposed mm. to, uh, I, if I had to choose, you know, between only having Skyrim and only having dead space, I would choose only having Skyrim because of just the time. And that that's a of tough stuff. one. I think I'm with you. So I didn't really answer it right since I answered some third fake option. No, but no, no, no. Your answer is your answer is that that's the right the right answer is that we aspire for games that can give us both because we know that they're out there because we've seen them before. It's just the financial risks for companies are so high mm-hmm. that they choose they like who made these games? Rockstar. Rockstar makes these these games and they've somehow proven their financial model. And, and and they're able to release Red Dead Redemption. They're able to release um, the Grand Theft Autos, and they're able to maintain the quality and the scope. Then you got CD Projekt Red, which is like essentially independent developers, former pirates, computer pirates that created their own company and that 
that that are essentially reaching as high as they can and willing to take a financial loss, probably living on peanuts. If The Witcher 3 had been a bust, they probably would have been friggin' ruined, you know? Uh, so they took a massive risk for that game. Then Metal Gear Solid 5, Konami... The game was incomplete because Konami pretty much told Kojima, he's like, who kept asking for more time and more resources, he, they said, you know what? F you. You've got so much more money. We've put out like eight Castlevanias in this amount of time. How come you can't put out this game? Put it out or you're out, you know, pretty much. And uh, and so like those games, nobody has the patience to to develop those perfect games, you know. And maybe the success of these will lead to others but somehow somehow i doubt it i don't think publishing houses have the patience so i think you're going to end up with more games like ubisoft model far cry assassin's creed that are watchdogs which are polished e but have bugs you know like i i think that those are the ones that are you're going to end up seeing the most of and in the end i'm happy with that if i'm gonna have to take one i'll take those ubisoft games you know all right. Well, um, yeah. I guess hmm, it's tough for me. There's a lot of good games in the in the focused and polished category, though. That's oh, I know good, there so. there are and some super classics. Like, and I would argue like Bioshock is one of those ones. The the more more limited scope ones, uh, I find to be very appealing because they often I value narrative in games, and I find they provide the best stories. When I think of the best stories in gaming, they're often from those games. You know, and and not the big opening ones, so. Well, I think that wraps up our conversation on the subject. I'm sure we'll we'll bring it up again, but um, I don't know. Lots of good stuff on the focus type of games, and I I probably should have answered that, uh, because I think most of the games I prefer are of that ilk. Well, we can always hash it up again. Um, if you have an opinion on it, as I mentioned earlier, you can reach us, exmpodcast at gmail.com. We'd like to hear what your preference is with regards to these types of games. And we recognize we simplified it into two categories to make it easier to discuss. But it's coming off the week of Uncharted 4, the week of Overwatch. These are focused and uh, high quality, high polish experiences and comparing them to some of these big scope, uh, large scope experiences that we've seen over the past year, like Fallout 4 and stuff. So let us know what you think. Um, and so, Bo, yeah, y- you know what? We can't leave the people without making a recommendation. Uh, and now our recommendation will be looked at with much. Uh, much more closely based on, you know, what we just said. Will we look like hypocrites? Will it make sense based on what we just voiced? Uh, We'll see in the next section, Inventory Management. Inventory management is a challenging and inexact science. So those of you paying close attention will note that Crofton skipped ahead a bit on our show schedule. <laughs> almost, almost did. But Huh? Well, cause weren't you giving out our address information? No, I just gave out the Gmail because I thought people after that dialogue tree might want to have shared their... Uh... Ah, well, I hope they do. I hope they do share. All right, inventory management time. I thought you were giving out all of our contact information and that you 
you no, I just gave the one thing hard. that I thought that they could. Uh, if you want to reach us in other ways, I will tell you how later on. All but right. uh, if you're going to share your thoughts on something, it's probably best to be email, I think. Yeah, or you can send an MP4. We'll show it live on the stream. <laughs> if you want to share a video file, we can do that. All right. Yes. I'm going to get, make straight with the recommendations. We talked about it a lot on today's episode already. I'm recommending Overwatch. I'm just going to do that because uh, it's a focused and limited game that is super fun. So I'm even going to recommend it at the $80 price tag. That's because I'm a shill for Blizzard. Thank you, Blizzard, for the whatever future karma I get out of all this. But seriously... It's it's pretty fun game. I think it's I think it's worth it. Um, I I I don't know how it stacks up versus Doom because I haven't played Doom yet. But I, I'd almost probably say Doom is probably more better because it's just shooting hell demons, which is always better. Um, just in a vacuum, if you have to have cute superhero characters or killing hell spawn, hell spawn is always better. But um, Overwatch, it's a really polished game. All of the characters are super fun. And I think it does something that shooters haven't done before. So it's a very unique experience and worth it for that reason. So that's my recommendation. It's funny because Overwatch, like you've just played the beta. It'd be really funny if the game comes out like in two weeks or whatever and it's a completely different game and it's a piece of shit. And everyone's like, (laughs) but Bo said it was good. Yeah, Well. well, apologies in advance. What I've played so far makes me think it's... Just nothing but good times ahead. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> That's not going to happen. Um, so Crofton's recommendation is uh, from the Uncharted group of games. It is Uncharted 2 Among Thieves. And I'm sure that you've probably heard about this game if you haven't played it already. It's sort of what gave Uncharted its pedigree. It's the game that won sort of all the game of the years when it came out. All the tropes that I bitched about earlier, they were probably started in Uncharted 2. Uncharted, Drake's Fortune, the first one, is not a bad game, Mm. but it's not particularly special. Like, I don't know, the characterization was there early on, but there's something, maybe it didn't have set pieces. It was sort of, you were always in the same environments. All these sort of things, you know, they had less money at the time, Uh, it, and it, it's interesting to go back and see how the series started, but I'd almost say you could just pretty much safely jump into Ar- Uncharted 2 Among Thieves and you'd be better off. And um, so Just we'll skip see. one entirely if you have the choice? I Well, I mean, right now on PS4 they sell this the Drake's collection, uh, Drake Un- Uncharted, the uh, Drake collection, and I know mm. they've remastered all three games, including done some tweaking to the controls of Uncharted 1. So I think if you bought that collection, you might as well play Uncharted 1. But if you're like me and time is of the more the more valuable commodity than money, then in Uncharted 2 is the pearl there, therein. And uh, it's the one that all other games are – all the other Uncharted's are judged against. But to put it in Indiana Jones terminology, it is essentially the Raiders of the Lost Ark, even though it is the second one as Raiders is the first. Mm-hmm. A lot of people love Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, including myself. I feel like Uncharted 4 is Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. And Uncharted 1 is like Temple of Doom, which which is not bad, but – Tonally a bit different than the others. Um, 
And yeah, so I mean, I take that as you will. Uncharted 2, great, one of the greatest action adventure games of all time. All the all the reviews will say that. I think it still stands up today as uh, as an amazing experience, and it is my mm-hmm. recommendation. And I tell you one thing: I commit to you all is next exclamation mark telling you if Uncharted 4, which I will be finished, is better than Uncharted 2 or not. And that is the million-dollar question. Is Uncharted 4 a better game? And I can't answer that yet, but I will I will answer it uh, next time. All right. To, to be continued. Yeah. Well, I'm looking forward to it. So um, I mentioned you can – any thoughts, not just on the topics we discussed, any of your video game thoughts, stuff you want to highlight, things you disagree with expodcast at gmail.com that's where you reach us you can also find all our podcasts online at expodcast.com we have a twitter account at expodcast we will let you know when we go live on the twitch stream which we are now twitch.tv slash expodcast is where you find that stream you should probably bookmark it so you can immediately tune in we generally record uh, Sunday evenings so, uh, yeah, keep an eye out on Sunday evenings or just uh, check your Twitter. Also, if you're like, you know what, Th- this video game podcast with Crofton and Bo, it's every two weeks, but I need them in my life more often than that. Well, I have a solution for you. It's called the Good, Bad, or Bullshit Podcast. It's Bo and my uh, other project that we do with our dumb friend, Mike Hodgins. <laughs> and um, it's, uh, it's not video game related. We draw a random topic every week out of the random topic generator, and we uh, debate it, give it a verdict, good, bad, or bullshit. Uh, and so goodbadbull.com is where you can find all the episodes. We're up to episode 150 as of last week. Also, Bo and I, individuals of an individual nature, you can reach yes. us online, starting with Bo. Bo, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter, at Bo Schwartz, and there I link to all the things that I've been up to, and other things that I'm not up to, that other people are, when I retweet. That's how retweets work. (laughs) It's true, that is how they work. I would also like to point out that Bo is becoming quite the uh, Twitter celebrity. Uh, If you're going to follow somebody on Twitter, he's a pretty good person to follow. I have a whole 500 Uh, followers. Incredible. 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 If you want to follow someone who has one-fifth that amount of followers, you could always follow me, Crofton Steers, at Crofton Steers on Twitter. Uh, And uh, every once in a while, I will put out a tweet. Sometimes it's video game related. And uh, yeah, so that's, that's it, folks. That's the show. There's no other sections ever at the end of the show. This is how it ends every time. Oh, Except for that one thing. The Master <laughs> Game Theater quote of the week. It's now time for Master Game Theater. I like how you were treating the audience like a four-year-old child. Like, that's it. There's no other segments in the show. <laughs> that's all there is. There's nothing left. There is. You get well, nothing. Mr. Freeze, what about Master Game Theater, Daddy? No. No. <laughs> what are you talking about, Master Game Theater? There's no such thing. Anyways. Man, my, th- my throat's sore from all the... Uh... Man, you've been doing a lot of talking on today's episode. You're gonna Tomorrow, you're going to be like real rough. You're going to have a hangover. What we call an in industry... 
a podcast over. A podcast. <laughs> I, I apologize to all of you who are sick of listening to me, in which no. case you made poor life choices by listening to this podcast and obviously going to listen to me on good, bad, or bullshit as soon as this show concludes. Um, I don't think but, it's a mistake. I think I think people would love listening to you. I thank you, Bo. You you are a gentleman and a scholar. Uh, speaking scholar. speaking of gentlemen and scholars, I picked quote of the week this week is from Uncharted. One of them, I'm not mm. sure which one. It's uh, between uh, Sully and Drake. Sully again, his curmudgeonly uh, sidekick slash father figure. Um, going to be played by Bo. Bo, pretend you're an older man's chewing so I, a cigar. I'm, I'm Sully. I'm Sully. I'm, I'm older. Come on, kid. Respect, you know, like, respect your elders. Yeah. And I'll be the young, youthful, uh, youthful Drake. This is not too extravagant. We're not going to make it too extravagant. We're just going to close off the show. We're going to say, boom. Thanks for listening, Thanks everybody. For listening, guys. Follow us uh, on on iTunes. Subscribe like on us. iTunes. We're on Google Play now as well, so you can find us there too. Yes, right. and and uh, do the thing on Twitch where you get notified. I don't know what it is, but you should do that too. All right, so Sully and Drake, uh, and let's begin. I'm sweating like a hooker in a church. Sully, you brought a hooker to church? <laughs> Right now, Bo, I feel I feel like I feel pretty good. Like I orgasmed a little bit there.